If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Welcome to Which Police Radio. Um, people who listen to the show, they know that, you know, I spend most of my time doing this podcast, uh, all of my free time doing this podcast and, and interviewing musicians and people related to the local music scene. But every once in a while, I, I like to branch out and get kind of music scene adjacent people is what I like to call it. And um, that often includes other podcasters. And one of the best parts about doing this show is because it's my show and I get to choose who the guests are. I have plenty of opportunities to just nerd out about podcasting, which is kind of the second uh obsessive interest of mine, I guess, aside from the local music scene. So um, I always like doing these episodes because it's cool to find out how other people are doing their shows and the different uh, kind of ins and outs of making a podcast. So the guest on this episode is, unsurprisingly, a local podcaster. And I think that the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about what your show is, because I've heard it, I have some questions about it, but I'd like to kind of hear from your own mouth, uh, you know, how you would describe it. Okay, well, my name is Corey Taves. I am the host of the uh, Geekspin podcast, which is a podcast that's dedicated to the music fandom. So nerd rock, um, filk music, comedy, um, you know, parody stuff, um, also the uh, LGBTQ plus community as well decided to start uh, interviewing them as well cool um and yeah basically just interview with uh, creators of the music scene and uh, talk about their music well and it's in that regard it's not much different from what i do i mean it's, it's kind of the same idea we're sitting down talking to musicians about their work what inspires them you know things like that but you are obviously being very specific in your uh, subject matter and also you're talking to people from all over the place it's not just local artists or Canadian artists, you're reaching out and getting people from, from pretty much everywhere who cover those, those styles. So, um, how, how did you start this? Like, what was the kind of, uh, inspiration to, to sit down and start a podcast? Because a lot of these people, from what I can tell anyway, they're, they're, it's, it's so niche, right? They probably have strong, small, but strong fan bases. And I imagine there's quite a bit of research going into just, just finding them and tracking them down and, and, and getting access to their music, right? Yeah. Um, Basically, how I started was uh, back in uh, 2019, I received a email out of the blue um, from uh, Jessica Herbert. Uh, she's part of the B uh, PDX Broadsides. They're a Portland, Oregon-based band uh, who perform folk music, and they're going to be coming up to Winnipeg to perform at uh, KeyCon. Okay. Obviously, that never happened because, you know, COVID hit. Sure. Um but at the time, you know, I was trying to get them onto uh, the Sean Geek podcast, but we just never were able to kind of you know, nail down a time and have them on. So I kept thinking to myself, you know, okay, well, it's really a shame that uh, there isn't a podcast that's dedicated towards, you know, 
just geek music. And I thought to myself, well, why don't I start doing that myself? Yeah. And so that's really kind of where it started. And I've always had an interest in music. So just being able to, you know, track down uh, artists and talk to them about the music, it's just been, it's something that I didn't know was missing from my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that for <clears throat> sure. I mean, you, you seem, you seem yeah. enthusiastic about it on your show too. It seems like you're legitimately, and that's what makes a good podcast, I think too, is, is if the, the yeah. interviewer seems legitimately interested in what they're talking about, that comes through. And I think that, that comes through on your show for sure. Yeah. So, so oh, go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, you had asked about, you know, how do you track down these uh, yeah. bands? And it really did start with the PDX broadsides. Um, I went to the Bandcamp page, you know, started listening to music, started realizing, okay, this is something that I'm really enjoying. Uh, one of the songs, Nathan Fillion, Please Take Off Your Pants. I immediately had to go and grab my wife. And it's like, honey, listen to this. You got to listen to this. <laughs> and, you know, she's become a huge fan of them as well. <laughs> Um, and from there, just kind of branched out by looking at the bands that they were recommending. And then I looked at those bands and who they were recommending and just kind of branched out from there. Um, initially, I was a little worried that I was going to wind up uh, doing a podcast based around the uh, Portland, Oregon music right. scene. Because, you know, that's apparently there's a very large nerd music uh, community out there. Um, but ultimately, I wound up, uh, you know, finding people from all over the world, right down to, uh, you know, the UK and Australia. Cool. So it's been uh, it's been quite the journey so far, and it's only been a year. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, you've you've obviously uh, every time you interview someone, that leads to more connections. I'm sure. I'm sure they they recommend bands or they mention someone on their on that interview, and you kind of can yeah. backtrack from there and find more people. Yeah. It's also uh, led to a chance to, you know, speak with uh, some musicians that I was listening to back in my early 20s. Uh, there was a band that I used to listen to called Boiled in Lead. Uh, they were a uh, folk, Celtic folk rock uh, band. And uh, so I wound up uh, through one of the other bands that I'd interviewed, uh, Cheshire Moon. Uh, you know, I was mentioning, you know, we started talking about, you know, different music and uh, different bands that we enjoyed. And I'd mentioned, you know, Boiled in Lead. And it's like, well, you should talk to Adam. Oh, yeah, Adam Stemple, you know, he's the lead singer of the band for a while. It's like, okay. Yeah, just give him, con contact him, you know, just let him know that uh, we recommended you. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm talking to, you know, uh, this musician who was also the son of a uh, fantasy author that I really enjoy. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it was just, uh, it was one of those... It's one of those cases where I didn't really think, you know, this is somebody that I would ever get a chance to talk to. And next thing I know, you know... Here I am, and you know, tracking down these people and starting to interview them. So yeah, it's been a really uh, again, like I said, it's been quite a journey so far. Well, and I guess that that kind of umbrella category of geek music it covers a lot of different genres, right? I mean, I do want to get yeah. into what the hell Filk is because that was a new one for me. But <laughs> just in general, I mean, you could have a, a punk band playing that kind of theme yeah. music. You'd have a rapper. You could have a folk. Thing. It doesn't matter, right? It's it's just yeah. it's a really wide umbrella genre. Yeah, actually, one of the first bands that I, uh, well, not the first bands, but uh, early on, one of the bands that I interviewed was uh, Hawthorne and Holly, who are fans of uh, the Harry Potter, uh, okay. Harry Potter fandom. And so they do punk music based in, you know, the Wizarding World. And there's a lot of bands that are doing that. Um, another uh, punk band that I really enjoy is uh, Thundering Asteroids. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been so far. I've talked to you know people that do you know folk type music, uh, rock artists uh, like uh, Kirby Crackle. Yeah. Um, 
still haven't gone into uh, nerdcore, um, but there's a couple of uh, nerdcore artists, uh, the rappers, essentially, yeah. that I really want to uh, get a chance to speak with as well. So, you know, it really does cover the entire spectrum of music. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. It, I guess it covers not just music, too. I mean, every kind of type of person there is out there, you're going to find some geeks within that kind of larger group, right? So it, it makes sense yeah. that it's that diverse. But... Filk, what 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 is Filk? Because I mean, I first saw that that word, I was like, oh, this must be folk misspelled, and it was a completely new term to me. But I mean, it seems like that's a, a big kind of component of this nerd music scene is is folk music. Yeah, it's kind of where it all really started. Um, as for the history of Filk, you could talk to ten people, and you're going to get ten different answers about what Filk is. Right. Um. As far as I can tell, going back to about the 1950s, uh, the term filk actually came from a misspelling on an essay about folk music. Okay. They wound up you know, replacing an O with a uh, I, and that's kind of where that came from. Uh, but I guess really starting in the 1960s, 1970s, you know, when there was the you know hippie movement, and uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, folk rock bands, you know, like uh, Fairport Convention mm-hmm. out there playing. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, were starting to do, you know, like parody songs, you know, with uh, science fiction or fantasy themes. Um, and that's kind of where uh, Filking really started. And then, you know, you started getting the conventions, you know, fans getting together to talk about, you know, Star Wars or Star Trek. And, you know, they would bring along, you know, their guitars and, you know, sit, uh, you know, sit around in uh, groups and sing. And, you know, just kind of built up from there. Um, so it's been, it's been going for quite a while, you know, I think, uh, the seventies where it really started, you know, started building up through the eighties, kind of, you know, reached its heyday in the nineties and, but it's still going and it's actually quite a fair, it's a big business. Um, just recently, uh, OVFF, uh, just wrapped up, uh, that's kind of one of the biggest folk, uh, folk festivals in, uh. North America, at the very least, okay. um, it's uh, the Ohio, Ohio Valley Folk Festival, uh, where they usually also have the uh, uh, Pegasus Awards, which are like the Grammys of folk music. Okay, okay. Um, I was actually very pleased that uh, one of uh, the first band that I had actually interviewed, the uh, Faithful Sidekicks, uh, wound up getting the uh, Best Performer uh, Pegasus Award as well as the Best. Uh, Mad Scientist uh, cool. Pegasus Award as well. So, um, yeah, it's... Is there, is there, it's community, one of the is big... there a community out there, like uh, people like you doing this kind of thing? Are people, you know, interviewing these these artists for, for, for websites and zines and podcasts and things like that? Or is it still something that's kind of uh, needs to grow in that sense? Uh, no, it's been, it's been going for quite a while. I mean, I'm, you know, one of the newer people that have been uh, doing uh, interviews with uh, the folk music community. Um, the band uh, Cheshire Moon that I mentioned earlier, uh, Eric Coleman, uh, has been has a podcast called Filkcast, okay. where he plays you know music of you know folk music, um, but not just you know focus on folk music, also does some nerd rock and uh, other bands in that uh, genre. So uh, he has a weekly podcast at uh, filkcast.com if anybody wants to go check it out. Um, so it's not just him; it's also his uh, wife, Lizzie Crow. And again, you know, they're also folk performers themselves. Okay, cool. Is there is there much of a scene for that here in Manitoba? 
or is that something that you, I mean? Because obviously uh, you're not just talking to local artists. Clearly, based on your show, you're you're going all over the place. But do we do we have a yeah. maybe not even Filk? Do we have a nerd scene here, like in terms of music? Uh, not that I've been able to find. Um, one of the bigger, well, one of the bands that uh, was uh, playing Filk music uh, was back in the '90s and uh, early 2000s. That was Dandelion Wine. Okay, um, who also had uh, Dave Clement, who's fairly well-known, is one of the bigger names in uh, filk music. Uh, most filkers, if you, tell, you know, say the name Dave Clement to them, they're going to you know, know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, somebody that I've been working to get on the show as well. Cool. Uh, but he's you know, local, and he's been part of uh, the Fanish community you know, since the very beginning. Um. Beyond that, you know, we've had like the Weird Sisters. They could be considered filk in a way. You know, they're, you know, definitely, you know, they got that folk fantasy yeah. um, element. Uh, and uh, Lorena McKinnon, you know, could even in a way be considered filk with, you know, her more, you know, ethereal, but, you know, again, fantasy based lyrics. Yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> again, it's really hard to really pin down what filk music is especially you know nowadays it's kind of you know you got the niche you got the smaller bands but at the same time you got these larger bands that are uh, doing yeah what could almost be considered you know nerd music well, yeah going so far as you know, even say guar that's what i was gonna ask actually yeah because like, there's, there's a lot of metal like epic metal type stuff that that has that really high fantasy kind of uh inspiration influence right down to lyrics and costumes and all of that like is that something separate, or do you see that as kind of part of the the overall? It just seems personality wise, there might be some clashes there between like some you know some bangers and then the uh, the filk artists, right? Well, that's actually one of the great things about uh, Guar. Um, in uh, was it Faust in Wonderland, where they were um, a corporate entity was trying to you know buy Guar, yeah, and you know the head of this. The CEO is like, you know, Mr. Martini, your demographics are right on point. You know, mixing the headbangers and, you know, the comic book D&D playing nerds. Yeah. And, you know, that really kind of, you know, sums up what Guar is. I mean, it really was, you know, a bunch of art students, uh, you know, who needed to create something to that they could market. And, you know, 30, almost 40 years later, you know, we've got Guar still going strong. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. But when it comes down to like you know the costume stuff, you got uh, Cybertronics free out of uh, on, um, Ontario and Toronto. Uh, you know they dress up like Transformers. Nice. But uh, you know they've been touring all across North America, so you know they're starting to make a bigger uh, b- a bit of a name for themselves. Um. So yeah, I mean it's really hard to pin down you know really what nerd music is like. I mean is Anthrax? You know they're self-admitted nerds especially yeah. you know well scott ian is scott. yeah for sure yeah um yeah and uh yeah so like i mean you know they did a song about uh judge dread i mean at the time who knew who judge dread was you know it was before the stallone movie you know definitely way before the uh you know more recent uh films so you know you have uh, henry rollins singing about ghost rider yeah that was a cover though, so but yeah yeah it's but yes, yeah, I know what you mean though. Yes, but at the same there, time, there's a lot of a lot of crossover. It, it's there. really, yeah. So yeah, so 
I guess, like, just to kind of continue on that, how, how do you define it then? I mean, when you're kind of finding artists to have on your show, what is your definition that you kind of fit them into? Is it just someone who is related to that in some way that you personally like their music? Or do you have sort of criteria for, you know, what is nerd music and, and what fits in that category? Well, that's just it. I mean, you know, really trying to still define, you know, what the Geekspin podcast is. Uh, my episode that's coming up tomorrow is featuring an author, not a musician, but he's a local author who uh, his uh, book, The Thunder Road Trilogy, featured um, song titles as each of the uh, chapter titles and okay. music was featured prominently. I mean, it was, you know, classic rock and, you know, kind of top 40 stuff and whatnot uh, throughout the book. But it was music adjacent. So I figured, you know, why don't we bring uh, Chadwick on? Um, but again, the precedent was also set by having Adam Stemple on because he's also an author as well as a uh, musician. Um, I'm even thinking about you know, bringing on uh, Sean and Todd from the Sean Geek podcast because, you know, they're geeks. And musicians. But, you know, they're also musicians. So, so yeah, I don't really, I can't say that you know, I really have, you know, a definite definition of, you know, what I feel is appropriate for the podcast, but. If you're nerdy and you either perform music or you like music, I'm probably going to have you on at some point. Cool. What is your connection to the Sean Geek podcast? Because that's kind of where I first, uh, I think, became aware of who you were at all, is from your connection to those guys. And this kind of almost seems like an offshoot of that in a way. I mean, you're covering very different material, but they've been doing this podcast for a long time. You've been involved in their whole universe in (laughs) a number of ways throughout the years, right? So what's what's that connection? Where does that come from? Well, Sean and I met back in 2002, I guess it was. Uh, we were both on a local uh, Star Wars uh, fan film. Cool. Uh, the Evil Within. Um, so we just kind of got to know each other there. And, you know, due to mutual interests, you know, we kind of became friends, you know. So it was, you know, me and Sean and uh, Clayton, who's the director of the film. You know, we kind of became, you know, the core group. Right. And I've just, you know, we've kept in touch, you know, for the last, God, almost 20 years now. Um, hardly seems real. Uh, and yeah, we've, uh, so when Sean started podcasting, he's like, you know, you got to come on, you got to come on. So, you know, came on every once in a while. And he was trying to get me to come on regularly enough that it could almost be like, you know, a second co-host. But, yeah. you know, between life and, you know, family and everything else, it didn't just didn't always have the time. So we brought on uh, Todd and Todd's been coming on, you know, regularly enough. That's become the to- Sean Geek and uh, Fast Fret podcast. But I still, you know, pop in there every once in a while when I've got, you know, an evening spare and I can actually sit down and talk with them. And um, other than that, you know, I've just been trying to support them in whatever way I can. I uh, Sean designed the logo, but I ultimately created the uh, logo that he's using. I'm still working on, you know, making the new logo to uh, represent, you know, both him and Todd yeah. as, uh, you know, the host of the podcast. So, you know, that's kind of really where... You know, my, uh, my involvement with the Shonky podcast is... Okay. What uh, do you think that... I mean, I was kind of thinking about this the other day, too, is that, that all of this stuff that even maybe 15, 20 years ago, maybe a bit further back, was seen as just, like, kind of by the general public as this, like, loathsome geek activity, like comic books and video games and all these things that... And D&D and all these things that weren't cool that are now 
incredibly mainstream, especially in terms of comic book movies yeah. and things like that. Do you see this? Like, is there a bubble for this stuff? I mean, I think you're coming at a right time to do a podcast about this kind of material because there is so much interest from from everywhere. But do we ever run out of? Uh, I mean. Did superhero movies ever get lame? Do people start hating them eventually, or or, or video games? I can't see that ending, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, it's really hard to say, honestly. Uh, the whole reason why you know superhero movies have expanded the way they have is because the nerds took over Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. You know, the kids that are growing up, you know, reading comic books and everything else. You know, they want to get in on the creative part of this and you know they wound up getting into drawing comic books and writing comic books and you know moving into hollywood and becoming you know screenwriters and producers and so you know i think it's it could pretend these things come in waves yeah yeah so i really have no idea you know what the next wave is going to be i guess it's really you know look at what our kids are going to be growing up with and enjoying and watching. And as long as it's still, you know, that kind of nerdy stuff, you know, comic uh, book movies and uh, stuff like that, you know, then it could continue on. But for all I know in 20 years, we're going to be seeing movies about TikTok. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could be totally radically different. Yeah. 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 And we don't know how, uh, you know, entertainment is going to evolve either. So, um, yeah, I, just, I mean, who would have guessed that you know, po- you know, who would have guessed that podcasting would have become a thing to the level it is now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I, I kind so. of I kind of feel almost like you know now that this this stuff is the mainstream, I feel like the next generation of nerds, whatever they are going to be, is going to be something radically different because this is what their parents are doing. This is the the now the cool thing to be into into like the Avengers and shit, uh, you know. And and yeah. so what is the next step for them? I, I don't know. It may be it may be just deeper versions and, and more kind of niche interests within those established, you know, comics and movies and video games and, and role-playing games and stuff, or it'll be something totally yeah. different. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at what we hate and, you know, chances are that's probably going to be what, you know, our yeah. kids are going to enjoy. So TikTok. <laughs> yeah. TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, but, um, I mean, Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, I mean, again, you know, just kind of look at what's popular right now with kids. Uh, you know, a lot of anime, a lot of you know, video games. So I'd imagine you know the trend's going to be continuing for a little while. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so because I mean, it's kind of a nice thing to be to be popular. I mean, I definitely was a different kind of nerd as a kid. But I mean, like for for hockey stats and 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 records more than more. Yeah. But, I mean, I did have comics and stuff, and I was always exciting to see like that this is becoming cool again because it's. I think I think all of those different kinds of fandom, whatever it is, whether you're into, you know, there, there's a, a certain degree of like obsession that goes into it, and, and yeah. so usually when someone who is that obsessive creates something, it's going to be good <laughs> because they've what they've devoted yeah. like such an extreme amount of their time and life towards it. So I think that's why this has lasted as long as they have things like these movies and and, and comics kind of having a resurgence because the the work ethic is there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can also also look at, you know, how things have evolved, you know, um, Star Trek, for example, mm-hmm. you know, it started off, you know, from the, you know, Gene Roddenberry, you know, generation one, um, and has slowly evolved over the years. And, you know, Picard is like, you know, say the Picard series, you know, it's really far removed from the original Star Trek. 
you know, because it's more adult. Yeah. It's more violent. Um, it shows more almost depressing reality. Um, it, same thing could be said with, you know, Star Trek as, or Star Wars as well. You know, just the way that it's evolved over the years. You know, yeah, they've expanded a lot on the mythology. But, you know, for a while there, you know, there's people were getting sick of it. Yeah. You know, especially when the original trilogy or when the um, sorry the prequels came up, yeah, and people were just like, okay, you know, this is just too much. You know, yeah, they look beautiful, but at the same time, yeah, it's just it's starting to get a little lame. Yeah, and Star Trek went through Star Wars, uh, yeah, Star Trek, sorry, went through that. You know, back in the nineties, you know, kind of hit the peak at uh, First Contact, and then from there, you know, the movies kind of slowly, yeah slowly went downhill in terms of quality so um yeah it's been coming in waves as well so as long as things you know kind of keep cresting you know hopefully they can keep the momentum up whether or not they will i don't know is with things like that i mean and i've had this conversation too with with friends who are super into star wars i love star wars but not to that degree but i mean i have people who, who i know people who will absolutely debate the minutia of every movie and you know yeah whatever i've had the millions of movies they're making now and shows and everything and they get super deep into it which is awesome but is there um is it is at this point does it seem like it's mainly more to, to just keep the next generation getting into it rather than like do they care about your people in your in our age group you know about who want to see star wars or is it just like you know we'll throw them a bone but now we need the day 15 year olds to jump on board with everything, not, not just star Wars, but or star Trek or, or comics, but it seems like it's this self propelling kind of a uh, juggernaut right now where it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're definitely doing a lot of fan service, uh, especially within star Wars universe. Um, you know, the Mandalorian has brought in live action, you know, figures that, you know, nobody ever thought we would see, you know, bring back Boba Fett. That was just brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, even the horribly CG Luke Skywalker uh, spoiler alert um, at the end of, you know, season two was, I mean, I kind of figured it was coming, but I still, you know, got excited yeah. you know, when I realized, you know, saw the X-Wing coming in and it's like, that's Luke, that's Luke, that's gotta be Luke. So, you know, they're doing a lot of fan service still, but I think Disney, you know, knows how to keep people coming back for more. Um, so they're going to be, you know, bringing in the talent, they're going to be bringing in the writers, they're going to be being, bringing in the people that, you know, know what the fan, the original fans want, but also are going to be able to create stuff that, to bring in new, uh, new blood. Yeah. Um, even with the superhero movies, uh, you know, you look back at X-Men and it was good, but they didn't really nail a lot of the characters or the costumes, you know, because they're kind of trying to go for the, okay, well, let's show something that's practical, you know, something that's going to be more real world. Yeah. And over the years, you know, they've slowly been moving towards, you know, trying to represent, you know, comic book accurate costumes on screen without making them look absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And even then, you know, you got like uh, shows like Loki or, uh, well, actually anything in the MCU, you know, they try to show the character in their comic book costume even if it's uh something along of lines of um nick cage nick cage no uh luke cage luke cage yeah yeah uh, yeah iron man where you know or sorry power uh, man power man sorry i'm 
just completely lost all cred with the nerd uh, <laughs> comic book community. There. there goes your audience, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when they brought him on, you know, wearing the yellow shirt yeah. and, you know, the steel band and, you know, chains around, he looks himself in a mirror and goes, you look like a damn fool. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, they're trying to, you know, they're still trying to create that fan service and, you know, bring stuff that people want. I mean, the new Transformers movie that's coming up, they're uh, bringing the original designs of the Autobots back. You know, you're going to have, you know, Optimus Prime, at least as a vehicle looking like he did in the original uh, cartoon series. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think they're uh, trying to, you know, they're trying to keep the old fans there and bring in new generations and new blood. So hopefully, again, this will keep things going for a little while. Well, I guess some of these franchises can go on forever. I mean, I can't see them ever. Now that Disney has their hooks in it, I can't see Star Wars or, or Marvel stuff ever stopping, really. They have so many storylines and characters from all the, the previous media they can just recycle and, 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 and reuse for forever. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, the problem is at some point, you know, people might start getting a little bit sick of it. Yeah, that's you know. true. For a while there, you know, we had, uh, you know, again, with Star Trek, you know, we had uh, Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, uh, Voyager, and people were just like, okay, you know, it's just, it's too much Star Trek. It's diminishing returns every time too, right? So yeah, you get, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're also doing it in a uh, different way, you know, because all those shows had, uh, you know, weekly episodes. So you had to try to keep up with, you know, three, you know, hour long episodes per week. Yeah. Whereas, you know, with Disney, they're doing like you know 10 to 12 episodes for an entire season so it's a little bit easier to keep up on that and you know once they finish you know this uh storyline with you know this uh, franchise then they move on to the next franchise and the next storyline and then they might build something up and it's like but you're gonna have to wait a year for this to come yeah. out so yeah you know, i think they're pace, uh different pace of storytelling for sure yeah exactly so it's a little easier to uh Again, it's the way that they're keeping people coming back and not oversaturating their market. Yeah. yeah. What is the um? What's what's the goal of the podcast? I mean, do you have sort of uh, are there are there like dream guests that you're hoping to get on once once you've sort of uh, more become more established? Or I imagine there's no end to geek artists that you can talk to. I mean, there's, there's over the decades and, and even now, I'm sure that scene has probably just exploded um, in popularity along with the rest of the stuff. But what is sort of your, uh, when you started this, what was your goal? Have you kind of achieved what you wanted to do with it already? Or do you have still some steps to take? Well, I've achieved the uh, basics, but I mean, yeah, I've got uh, my dream guest, uh, Weird Al, for awesome, example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guar. Love to have uh, Mike Bishop, uh, you know, Blotho the Berserker in the original uh, Beefcake the Mighty on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's there are literally hundreds of uh, geek music bands out there. I was a little worried initially when I started, you know, I was planning on doing, uh, only doing, you know, one episode per month. Uh, but then I started doing two and then I was worried that, you know, okay, am I going to be able to keep up this pace? Am I going to be able to find people that want to come on to the podcast? Yeah. But as I've been doing it, you know, I've been finding, you know, more and more people are willing to come out and talk. So, uh, you know, next year I'm going to be trying to keep a pace of at least two episodes per month. Um, and if it goes well, might, you know, try to push it up to three or even, you know, do a podcast a week. Yeah. It's just, you know, trying to find time, you know, in between family, uh, yeah. family matters. And, uh, I know the struggle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Definitely> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. job, family, and then trying to talk to people. And then edit shows you know, and get yeah, do all the social media crap. It's it's yeah. it's, a, it's like a second job. Yeah, I know. I, I totally know yeah. what you mean for sure. Um, do you uh, and it's, oh, at sorry. least? I was just going to say, at least with you, you know, you know what time it is with your guests, what time they're, uh, you know, you schedule a podcast for, you know, nine o'clock. Right. It's going to be nine o'clock for that person. It's not I've got to try yeah. to figure out exactly, you know, if, and that's one of the things, you know, I always have to, you know, go and say, okay, what time is, if it's this time here, what time is it there? You know, if I'm scheduling for one o'clock my time, you know, what time, um, for the litmus, uh, steam band, uh, he was, uh, out of Australia. Okay. I think I was talking to him at six or 7 PM and it was 10 AM there. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the previous, was it the previous day or the <laughs> day following? <laughs> but you get, you yeah, understand. There's the I'm logistics you have to figure out to, to do that. Yeah. 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 Where can people find this show? I mean, what's the, uh, I'm obviously, you know, it's a podcast. There's a lot of kind of basic podcast uh, providers people use to, to get their shows. But if someone wants to find out more about, you know, uh, which guests you have on or what you have coming up, what's the best way to sort of follow you online and, and track you down? Uh, best place right now is actually on Twitter. Um, I'm slowly phasing out Facebook um, just with everything that's been happening there. I'm just almost tired of the platform. Um, but uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter uh, under the handle of uh, MTG Comic. That was the old web comic uh, featuring myself, Sean, and uh, Clayton. Right. Um, otherwise, you can find the podcast at uh, geekspinpodcast.castos.com. And uh, those are really the two best places to uh, find the podcast. Otherwise, just look for Geekspin um, on most podcast players. Cool, cool. And then do you, do you feel like, I mean... Would you suggest people who are new to your podcast and potentially new to all the artists that you've interviewed, would you suggest people check out an episode that seems like a genre they're already into, uh, you know, like style-wise, or just kind of dive into it and <laughs> just, just start wherever? Um, I think one of the more accessible artists that I've uh, interviewed would probably be Kirby Crackle. Um, he's a uh, nerd rock artist out of, I think he's Florida. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's been... He does basically kind of, you know, straightforward three chord rock and roll, um, has a lot of great music out there and a lot of great, uh, songs, uh, high energies played at the, uh, Calgary stampede opening for weird Al. Oh, cool. So, uh, you know, I think, and it was, you know, definitely one of the better interviews. Um, it really depends on what type of music you're, you're into. Uh, but yeah, I'd say, you know, maybe start with Kirby crackle and, you know, just kind of branch out from there. I've had a lot of great artists on, and honestly, I can recommend pretty much every band that I've interviewed so far, and will probably recommend every interview, uh, every band that I'm going to be interviewing in the near future. Well, I should hope so, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't recommend their music, why would you interview them? It makes sense. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. Like, like I'm always happy to see people getting into podcasting, especially locally, because. It, like everyone has a passion about something, right? Whether it's yeah. whether it's the local music scene or, or, or comic books or or like you know politics or whatever. I mean, everyone is into something to a degree that's unreasonable <laughs> you know, yeah. to everyone else, right? So it's always nice <laughs> to see more people kind of pursuing that that passion. So I'm glad I'm glad you're doing this because, like I said, I, I think everyone you've had on your show, and I haven't listened to the whole archive yet, but I've listened to a few of them. They're yeah. all they're all new to me. Like I have never heard a single note by any of these artists. So it's definitely cool to kind of get uh, introduced. 
to something completely out of my comfort zone. So uh, it's nice to see yeah. uh, more music podcasts in Winnipeg, especially covering something so different. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole point of the uh, podcast is also try to, you know, bring this music from, you know, these far reaching areas and bring it to the ears of, you know, people that may not have heard it or even known that it, it exists. Yeah. So that's probably one of the major mission goals of uh, the Geekspin podcast. Very cool. 